Hello, everybody. Welcome to 2021. Not only that, but also to the Sonic Talk Show 651, uh, which is the first of the year after our Christmas period. Uh, I hope you've all had a restive festive, as I like to put in my emails from time to time, or whatever it was you were doing over that. And uh, obviously, if you're working or key working or doing whatever, then good good for you. You know, we're much appreciated. Uh, UK, we're now in a national lockdown, which is a bit dull, to be honest, although it's not making that much difference. As you can see, I'm alone here. But let's try and keep away from that. We'll just try and uh, enjoy the company of our guests here. This is Sonic Talk podcast. We talk about things to do with music technology, all those kind of things. And I should point out, it's also available on Spotify. Just look for Sonic Talk uh, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on iTunes. Uh, you can also ask Alexa to play the Sonic Talk podcast. I don't know if that'll trigger anybody uh, where you are, but you could do that. And uh, we're streaming live on Twitch and Facebook, uh, and all of those things. And if you like what you see, maybe you haven't seen this for the first before, um, subscribe and ring the bell, because then you get notifications. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. In fact, I've just put the first episode of a new series, which is uh, our Five Minutes With series. It's like a little sub-series, which is uh, five minutes with 42 HP, where our modular specialist Ed has a 42 HP case and he just fills it with whatever he can put in it and then creates music nice. with it. And uh, uh, there'll be, there's, uh, with each video that goes out, and this is where I get to plug the Patreon, uh, there's uh, an, another video that goes on Patreon because if you go to patreon.com forward slash Sonic State, uh, you can get the extra video content, which is exclusive there. And that's kind of going to telling you a little bit more about the system and some of the patching techniques he uses. It's actually really Really good stuff. That's the first of those today, and there's other things coming along besides. So, let's get on with it and say hello and welcome to our guests. I will start with oh, let's let's start with uh, Mr. Steve Hillier there in uh, in Brighton, where he's still got his fairy lights up. You've only got what one more day before you get stones in your shoes next year. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think given the current circumstances, I'm going to keep them up until well, until basically I can go back to the pub. That you seems know? like a fairly reasonable way. Sensible. We've had a bit of a competition on my, my street here uh, where people have been putting up quite a lot of uh, decorations outside. It's quite tasteful, but I've, with this being the last night, I'm going to bring all the outside decorations into the studio. So the next time <laughs> you'll see me in this space, I will literally be lit up, lit up like a Christmas tree. What are you bringing the Christmas tree in as well, or just just the uh, um, or the Christmas no, tree gone? No no. no, 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 it's still here. There's like um, there's a Christmas tree, literally graveyard just across the street from here, where where the residents of this part of Brighton can dump them. Um, but you know, I was seeing people last week taking down their decorations and their uh, their trees, and just thinking, you know, there's no law that says you have to do this. No. And we're about to go into yes, a special dark time in the UK. Let's just, just keep, keep them up. up. Keep them up. Yeah. Ours, I, I posted a photo on our Instagram uh, of, or, or my Facebook, I can't remember where, where the tree had been up for such a long time because we went a bit early and. Literally, I moved the tree, and there was—it was just like a carpet of needles underneath. There was a sort of empty Christmas tree holder and a massive green—it's like a green blood stain almost. It's quite a depressing thought, but anyway, Steve uh, Hillier, of course, a producer, educator, um, songwriter—all of those good things. Nice to have you aboard. And and that other voice you heard there was uh, well, uh, who was it? It was Mr. BT from—I uh, don't know where you are exactly, but you're in your studio. That's all that matters. Has it grown? Where are you? I'm great. I'm really good. I love Steve's um, Christmas enthusiasm. We have the same 
family I can see are my tree. It's just off. My uh, studio is still up. I didn't mean for that to be in the shot. Um, but Steve, totally with you. I actually learned something interesting that from Christmas, well, January 6th, which is today. Am I right? Yeah, January yeah. 6th, today. Actually, the 12 days of Christmas. It happens after Christmas. So oh, you're really? uh, in keeping with an ancient tradition. So uh, we decided because all this like, you know, I mean, and I, you know, I feel bad for you guys with the uh, lockdown that you're experiencing right now. Of course, you know, the world's in various stages of this. We put up our Christmas stuff before Thanksgiving, which I don't think we've ever done ever <laughs> in the history of like anything. Um, and uh, it really brightened the spirit around here, too. So we're celebrating this, the 12 days of Christmas. It sounds like you are, too, Steve. So anyway, that sounds like a plan. Well, um, before yeah. we get on to uh, how is everybody and whatnot, we'll uh, we'll just introduce uh, Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves, who's there in London. Uh, Chicky and Coco dot com yes. producer. Busy guy. I guess you've been doing a lot. I mean, I can see your setup for mixing and recording. You've got your Hydrosynth there and your Fader Port 16. So you're you're in you're in the thick of it, right? I am, and I'm also ready to do uh, cassette tape edits too. Oh, okay. yeah, well, this is, yeah, okay, nice. I've been transfer transferring a lot of stuff to to the four track and making loops out of it. You know, ten to thirty second loops. It, it I haven't been able to get anything larger than thirty second loops this, at this point, just because the tape will start getting caught up in itself. It'll fold over but, on yeah. itself. Oh, so what? Yeah, you, yeah. you just have, you go round the wine glass. Once. Wine glass. Yeah, oh, wine glass. Oh, that's a good idea. This is the trick. Yeah, so you put a, you put a wine glass on the desk. You got to put um, a liquid in it or something to hold it down and spool the tape around the wine glass. You guys keep talking. I'm going to go get a cassette loop. I have one too. I'm sure you took it. I honestly oh, I mean, that's think that's a great idea. Jackie, I'm not <laughs> sure a, a wine glass. I think something maybe without liquid in would be a better idea. If I may be so bold, <laughs> maybe something with a bit of a bit of mass girth built into it not, or not, no, not girth that's the wrong word but you, you know what i mean something yeah with something something with some weight to it yeah um, well but yeah so that's i've been doing been doing that kind of stuff um and uh yeah i've stayed stayed plenty busy in this very weird lockdown that we're in now so yeah. uh yeah and well and I, also uh, i should say with the christmas tree stuff i did just take my christmas tree down but i did that because i have a a new puppy coming here, and I didn't uh, want it to be uh, eating, the, uh, eating the tree. <laughs> well, have you have so, you named the puppy? Yeah, it's a it's a Palmsky, which is a half Pomeranian, half Pomeranian, half Husky. Oh, I know. Don't try to gosh. picture how that works. Wow, they're cute, but, um, dude. Husky. And, yeah, really cute, and its name is Saki. Oh wow! So, wow, so love it. it be here nice. any day now and has bright blue eyes and uh i'm so i'm very excited oh man i'm excited for you guys that sounds good yeah i'll be fine a bit of yeah we, we've just got a completely insane cat who seems to have the most bizarre dietary requirements you can feed him and he'll just go i'm really 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 hungry can i have that? no i don't want that and it's like okay <laughs> so we buy these massive you know and then and then and the next next week we give him the same thing he goes, oh, i love this can i have some more it's like what what I mean, surely you know he's obviously not on a starvation. You know, diet, you know the cat just... doesn't actually talk, right? No, no, I realise that he's, he's, yeah, he doesn't talk. I, I mean, that's, this this is the projection. I, I'm 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 basically putting that on him. Obviously, he doesn't do that. You're so, you're yeah. anthropomorphising him. I'm anthropomorph. That was I was the word exactly... I was looking for. That was the word. 
Good yes, word. I love that word. Well, um, so <clears throat> this show is, we, we're not kind of doing an awful lot of news. It's kind of more about how 2020 went in terms of gear, maybe releases that people were particularly keen about, or maybe just stuff that they discovered in 2020. It might have been out a bit longer. And, you know, we'll talk trends and stuff. So it's more of a chit-chat with a, a lack of agenda, just purely because struggling to get enough topics for news on the first week of January is always difficult. <laughs> but um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll just we'll let's just go over to uh, BT there a sec. So BT, I don't know if we've spoken to you before all of this nonsense. I think we might have had one show where it was starting because it's been a year nearly. So yeah, <clears throat> have you been doing? Have you been productive? Have you been able to kind of keep your pecker up, as it were, and and all of those good. Well, that means something very different. I know what it means. <laughs> I know what it means. <laughs> We're already in very weird territory, my friend. Um, so yeah, no, honestly, um, my, so if, if, uh, you guys have done, uh, your Myers-Briggs personality tests, anybody show hands has done their Myers-Briggs, no, know their personality type. Oh. Okay. Two hands. One. So, one. Oh no, that wasn't me. Okay. Hand up. Two starts with an I and two with an E. Chicky, you're an I, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am too. So how about you, Steve? You start with an I or an E. Um, do you know what? It was so long ago, I don't remember. All I remember most about having doing doing the test was that at the end of it, I just felt really annoyed. <laughs> so I don't know what that's Fair enough. I hope I don't add to that. So, um, <laughs> so basically, that first letter in your Myers-Briggs test says whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. I'm oh, right. the most introverted of introverted types there are. I'm this weird unicorn personality type called an INTJ um, that we're supposedly like less than 1% of the population. And so for um, here, the punchline to all of this is I find for my friends that are extroverts, which includes a lot of people from the DJ community um, and dance music at large, they're really, really, really been struggling with this because yeah. their point of connection with the world is through other people. Um, whereas um, both introverts and extroverts need time to themselves, but for introverts, it's like a it's essential as oxygen or food. And so I'm like hyper introverted. So I have to say I've been more productive than I've been honestly in my entire life because wow. I haven't been distracted with um, travel and, you know, being on planes, um, you know, um, all these kind of things that are sort of a really normal part of uh, life for me for the last 20 years. So I've just been able to be in the studio and working on development projects. I have 11 pieces of software in development right now, a couple that are almost um, are almost wrapped or in late stages of development. And um, I've written so much music during this period. And um, the thing is, is like everyone else, even us introverts, like I miss my friends and family. So that's the part that's been, you know, a struggle. Yeah. But um, insofar as creativity, man, I've been so freaking productive. It's, it's great. I, I feel like I packed three years into a year this last year. So oh, that's... Um, 
Good. I'm glad to, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. that there are there the are certain people in the chat room who are questioning the uh, the veracity of your test. Maybe you took the wrong test. They can't <laughs> believe that you are that introverted because you're a very kind of outgoing guy on the face of it. I mean, I, I don't know you in, intimately, but whenever we meet, you seem that way. I suppose we have stereotypical kind of preconceptions about what that might mean. So maybe I'm being a, a little it's, bit flippant. It's there. a learned yeah, it's a learned skill, honestly. It's it's completely unnatural for me to be relational and uh, extrovert. They call it um, being an omnivert, where it's like you learn if you're an introvert to be extroverted, oh. but it's a real challenge for me. Um, oh, okay. To, uh, yeah, so there you go. Anyway. Right. Um, well, therapy. uh I'm glad to hear that you've had a good year and it's working out well because I mean you know it's it's difficult I mean I, I've uh, I was working on uh, we're, we're getting a kind of compilation uh, album together for Bandcamp for Sonic with various contributors and I, I've obviously been trying to get a track together and I found it really hard but what I did is I took an old one and I I kind of I did a load of recordings for it that I never finished and I managed to finish that. So I've got something, but uh, that was a struggle. That's awesome, be, man. But so I'm looking forward to that. But anyway, okay, well, let's let's kind of, let's take things on a bit and just see kind of how how's it been in terms of gear. I mean, I'm not quite sure whether we should just go, everybody goes first and we discuss it or whether we should go category by category because not everybody's got something in a category and I haven't got anything specifically uh, from, from UBT. So um, let's start with Steve. So you you were quite clear, you know, what, what I did is I, I basically said, oh, well, you know, maybe what we'll do is we'll just discuss kind of items of equipment and things that have, have really kind of floated your boat this year, the best synthesizer, that kind of stuff. So I've got a list in front of me. You kindly sent a couple of things through. Um, and I wondered what um, what exactly, uh, what were you thinking? Because <laughs> your, fir your first one, your first one uh, was the Korg Op 6, which is I think is a good shout for as a, as a kind of best synthesizer yeah. for 2020. Yeah, and maybe um, by the end of this, we'll know exactly what I'm thinking because it's taking me decades, Nick, and I'm still not clear. Um, so, um, yeah, I got the Korg Op 6 right towards the end of the year. I, I think last time I was on the show, I was saying that I was in the market for a new polysynth. Um, and I just I hadn't bitten, quite frankly. Uh, there, was, there was nothing that really got me excited. And then when the Op 6 came out... Um, I I saw the reviews, the YouTube reviews, and I thought this, this it looks all right. It's it maybe not quite what I was actually kind of looking for, but then um, I managed to uh, get into one of the the shops down here in Brighton that actually would let people in uh, during the lockdown period uh, in November and had a little go with it. And what struck me immediately was just it, it solves. One of the ongoing um, problems with programming uh, FM synthesizers, if you go back to the Yamaha days, I used to, um, when I was at school, um, the DX7 was the, the first uh, polysynth that I'd ever used. And I'd sort of worked out how to program it at quite a, a young age. I've never found FM to be that difficult, but there's a fundamental difference between uh, programming on a, let's say, Yamaha FM synth and on an analog synth, which is that yeah. you've got a essentially plan in advance what it is you want your dx7 or dx100 or whatever to sound like it's like you are you're designing a sound in a way that you would maybe design uh, an illustration do you know what i mean or something mm. that was kind of technical 
in the world of analog, you can just move a few sliders or, or knobs and you'll get into the ballpark really quite quickly and mm-hmm. intuitively. So there's a kind of um, almost like a mathematical precision to the Yamaha implementation of FM, which was never a problem for me, but it did just slow things down. And there were some positives to it, actually, as well. So anyway, so trying out the Op6 with its faders... Uh, for the operator levels and then the dials for the operator uh, ratios and all that kind of thing. It was so quick. I managed in about five minutes to just knock out um, 10 of my sort of standard FM sounds. So nothing too fancy, just like the sort of things that I normally use on my DX7, which is just around there. Um, And it was exciting. It was enjoyable. It wasn't like... um, I didn't have to think too much. It became intuitive uh, very quickly. And it, it just reminded me that, despite the fact that I'm sitting in a room here surrounded by analog keyboards, which is a, a lovely thing, and I'm kind of privileged to do that, really, my heart, I, I sold my soul to FM at the age of 14. And this machine has brought back my love of it in spades. And that's mm. before you even uh, look at the extra facilities, the like the wave wrapping and all that kind of thing. Um and one other thing I must mention, which was something that um, I hadn't even occurred to me to try, but I saw it on your review, Nick. So you know, um, ah, I, off to, I, to you, excellent. Was when you you um, you can load in uh, banks from the DX7, yeah, into the cork. Yeah. Now I'm not that interested in using other people's sounds or other people's presets. It's just not really how I work. But when I tried it out, I realised that immediately you've got like a shortcut to um, things that you can kind of manipulate. What I mean is like, for example, if you took, which I tried, there's that famous DX7 uh, bass sound. It's on- Solid uh, bass or- Yeah, no, Bass one. Yeah, bass one, that's the one. Yeah. Now you can load that in on the OP6. It sounds very similar. It's not the same, but it's very similar. But now it's just child's play to switch off all the operators apart from the first two and now you've got this really lovely rounded quite subby bass sound that you can take in any direction you want to go and previously in the world of fm that would have taken you you know three or four minutes even if you're you know quick on them like me so yeah anyway i I think i've gone enough about this i love the korg op six and uh i'm going to look forward to getting to know it over the next few months really well, so I think that's a good shout, and I, I do think it's a great instrument. I don't, have you? Did you have any involvement in it? Because I know quite often you're involved at patch design or consultation stage. Were you in any way kind of involved in the Op6 journey? No, not me. No. What about you, BT? No, actually, I, it's funny because, um, you know, I work with Korg on a bunch of things, and that was kept a surprise for me. And I was really excited to see it. Like Steve, I'm a huge, huge FM fan. I actually don't have an Op6. You've just sold me one, Steve. So if you see my attention being lost, it's me on my Sweetwater account ordering an Op6. I mean, FM is like literally one of my favorite kind of sound design sources there is. I've got a DX5 in here, a DX7 with all the crazy mods on it over there. TX816, I use all the time i literally like quite literally everything i do i use that tx816 what i hope korg does is that they make something like a tx816 so 
you have multiple modules of something like this and it's in a rack would be so appealing to me personally. But I love what you're talking about, the immediacy of it, because, man, it is such a pain. I mean, forget the membranes, you know, just like the idea of of uh, having some sliders to muck about with, you know, operators and um, not having your envelopes inverted would be lovely. So I'll definitely be getting one of those. Sold one. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I, can, I can concur. I mean, it is a really nice thing. I mean, I think it's, mu it, and it is much more immediate. I, th I And it's like 30, I'm sure you could do it because basically at the heart of it is a Pi Zero, I think. So, you know, you could put, a, wow. lot, a lot of those in a case, <laughs> shall we say. Exactly. Okay, well, as we're on the subject of synthesizers, so for you, uh, BT, what was synth from 2020 that really kind of you just kind of fell in love with or maybe, you know, became, was released in 2020? What was it for you? So for me personally, um, I'm going to go honestly with a mod and a synth. So, and this will make sense in a moment. I got that Rev1 mod for my Profit 5. I've got um, a, a Rev 3.3 sitting here. And I got the Rev1 mod for the Profit 5, which emulates um, Profit Revision 1 and 2 filters, which are SSM filters. And it is such a different sounding instrument with these SSM filter chips in it. I've always wanted a Profit Rev 2, like the, the records that made me fall in love with the Profit 5, you know, David Sylvian's work, Peter Gabriel, the Japan records, it's all Profit 5 Rev 2s. And so I love the Profit 5 Rev 3 or 3 versions, but it has, um, it has a bit more stability. You know, there's like the kind of uh, the thermal nature of the the Rev One and Two is it's they run way hotter. They're less stable. The tuning's all over the place and stuff. This gets so close to the magic of the the you know what I'd call the real Profit Five, so this early Profit Five. So bundled with that, I'm going to say the the uh, Profit Four. Um, I don't have mine yet, but I've ordered one and. Um, I'm completely blown away by the clips I've seen of that. And of course they have the that ability the new, to switch the new sequential, the new sequential one. Is that what you, is that what you're saying? The yes. Yeah. I'm so happy. Um, just knowing, you know, Dave Smith and his whole sort of life arc and what he's been through, you know, getting his name back after all this time from like a legal standpoint and all these kind of things to see him release a new version of what, in my opinion, is one of the greatest instruments that's ever been made. It's kind of the Prophet 5 at Jupiter 8 for me are the, my two favorite instruments ever made. Um, to get to see him to release this, and it's got USB on it, it's got two filter types, but it's got the, and it's, it has velocity, which uh, any analog yeah, synthesis like humongous. Um, so that that's the one that excited me the most, I'd say, about 2020 so i can't wait to get my hands on that thing wow okay all right that's cool uh, i'm just going to quickly mention because i forgot to mention it at the top of the show uh we've got uh the isotope deal where if you go to isotope.com forward slash sonic talk you can save 10 percent on isotope products use the code sonic 10 at checkout to save 10 percent on any isotope plug-in or bundle and uh, it's, so far it's uh, proved pretty popular so if you're thinking about you know uh, tooling up for the next lockdown period or you're just 
got a project on the go and you're thinking of trying some stuff, you can save 10% on that. iStoke.com forward slash Sonic Talk. Use the checkout code Sonic10 and you'll save 10% on on that. So uh, we thank them for offering that to our users. Very much so. Right, Charles, synth for you then. What's what's your kind of uh, choice of synthesizer for this one? Ah, that would be the Hydrosynth then. <laughs> the Hydrosynth, yeah. Um, I've gone. I spent years, you know, doing one of those. Uh, I'm not going to do digital synths for a while because I already I've got a JD800, the Kurzweil. I got a, quite a few digital synths. Um, but I, yeah. Then I got this. Uh, I I think I got this because of your review of it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think that. Oh wow. I think so. Yeah, I'm responsible yeah. again. And, Oops. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it showed up. It showed up right before, or right as lockdown, the first lockdown was happening, and so I spent you know a good month just learning this machine. And and uh, and the the one of the things I like about it is the very first sound that that it comes up. You know, the, it's that, so um, simple, isn't it? But it's beautiful. It's yeah. so so, and it's just absolutely. It's so gorgeous. I love it. And, and as a performance instrument, this thing is just, it's so nice. It's so nice. The polyphonic aftertouch, the ribbon controller, it's its everything I would want in a functional uh, CS80 kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love this machine. I think, yeah, that, well, it was very much inspired by that. In fact, we've got, uh, I'm, I've started to film just before Christmas. I shot a piece with Glenn uh, um, Darcy, who was uh, the product designer for this, mm-hmm. or one of, and he said, uh, we're sort of tying it in with a Friday fun kind of jam thing where he's basically saying you should explore some of the FM capabilities, which is also very flavorful at the moment, um, yeah. because the mutators can be set to be uh, FM mode. So you can create, because there's three yes. oscillators and three mutators, you can create like an analog voice, an FM voice, and a wavetable voice within the same yes. patch. So I'm going to yes. try and explore some of that stuff. He showed me some of the uh, the concepts behind it. And I, I, he showed me this diagram, which was just hideous. And I was thinking, no way, man, I'm not going to figure this out. But then actually, I just started dialing it in and there it was, you know, and it's it's very capable, yeah. uh, albeit, you know, in a, in a, but you can get, I guess so, you could get like six operators because you've got the three oscillators yeah. plus you've got three mutators and you can have various different inputs and feedback loops depending on where you root them. It's actually extremely powerful. And I would agree, it's got some... Something special about it, hasn't it? It really does. It has a it has a unique sound. It's very harmonically rich. That's like you, you know, you yeah. were, for example, you were talking about the three different types of voices you can combine. Well, the the harmonic content of just you know even playing one note, just the harmonic content, it's so musical and so useful. Um, and I I find that I'll do you know two and three note pads, for example, on on something and songs just, they don't need anything else <laughs> it's absolutely it's full without being stuffed it's just absolutely beautiful yeah i love this machine um um and i yeah that that's been my it's been that and the you know we'll talk about the arteria stuff i guess at some point but um that that's been my my go-to i absolutely it's interesting love this yeah. well actually this machine what I, I was looking back and i got uh there were some reviews uh, well, I started doing in January, so it's just inside the 2020 window. So it also qualifies fully for the 2020 uh, thing. So, yeah, nice one. Okay, um, 
So I wonder what uh, what what other stuff we've got. Uh, maybe we'll go back to Steve because Steve, you've got uh, we 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 asked for a few categories, didn't we? And so uh, we've also got software plugin. Let, let's just let's whip through a few of those and see what uh, what you make. So uh, for software, you've got RX8, which which is Isotope's product, which I can totally understand because it is incredibly yeah. useful as a, if you're yeah. working with audio, right? Yeah, um, I I had uh, RX7. I got that last year and was blown away with that. Um, when RX8 came out, I, I I got the upgrade straight away. And where you can do the music rebalance thing, where you can change the level of a vocal or, or bass, there was a new feature to automatically separate out uh, the components of an audio file or, or a finished mix. And this was incredible. Um, in terms of how quickly you could do this, it, it, it sort of cut down the processing time for me uh, by a huge amount. But I had um, an idea that sort of came to me over the uh, the, the lockdown, the first lockdown. Um, it was the 25th anniversary of uh, the release of the first album by my old band, Dubstar. So I thought it'd be quite nice to put out some uh, B-sides that had never been properly released and uh, just bonus tracks that you just couldn't get online. And so um, I went back to these B-sides and I just discovered that the mixes that I'd done back in the mid-90s were dreadful. They were really bad. Some of them were done in a in a bedroom with a, a bath that was in the middle of the bedroom, if you can imagine that, with speakers yeah. that were just, yep, that were just sort of um, balanced on the side of the bath. So I heard these tunes and I just thought, there's no way these can go out again like this. So what I did was put it into RX-8 and that successfully separated out the vocal and the bass and all that kind of thing. And it gave me the opportunity to not just to uh, largely rebalance the instruments, but also to quite successfully, um, I suppose, like rework the vocal or rework um, the synthesizer parts because now they were kind of exposed in a way that they they weren't previously. It was it was an incredible revelation. Um, if anyone's interested, I'll, um, I'll I'm going to tweet out now just a couple of versions of a mix. There's the original 1997 version of uh, Dubstyle's cover of the Pet Shop Boys' is, uh, Jealousy, and then there's my uh, remake of it done through RX8, and you can really hear the difference. So you can check that out. There's just one other thing on RX8 that just blew my mind was. Um, when I separated out these components of the orig original Dubstar mix, I didn't have the multi-track. I didn't have. I didn't even have a PCM version of the master file. I had an MP3 that someone had emailed to me. Oh wow! So, <laughs> well, you know, um, the thing that's that's one of the things I've realised about the '90s is that we it was so exciting with all these digital formats, but nobody knew how to archive them properly, especially me. But anyway, so I separated out um, the from four uh, renders for within RX-8 into Logic. And then I put on, just to see what would happen, I put on the original MP3, the original mix, right? And I reversed the polarity of the original mix. Um, so everything was lined up. It was perfectly in sync. Mm -hmm. And then the original mix was uh, reversed in polarity. I was expecting to find a whole load of, um, you know, digital artifacts and all that kind of thing. But instead silence wow. it turned out wow. that the yeah the rendered 
versions of the stems from the original mix, when you put them back together, just at, at unity, they were exactly the same as the original mix. Hmm. Wow, that is impressive. extraordinary. Thing. That is really um, so that that kind of got me really excited, and th then just sort of left left me in a situation where you got to kind of think, well, okay, now I can change absolutely everything I've ever done. Shall I dedicate the, the final 30 years of my life to that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd finished it, but I was wrong. Yeah. Oh, yes. wow. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. That's, like nothing's that, ever finished. I, I, just I don't think we should tell anybody this because right. the, it's just, this is just going to you know, come back to bite us all and it'll just be, you know, we'll endless reworking. Although, and that's kind of much, much what I did myself with the, the track that I did. But I did have rough multi tracks, but not, not. Not much, only like three tracks or something. Okay, Charles, um, mm -hmm. what's next for you? I'm looking at your list. Tell me about, uh, uh, yeah, well. Let's see. Software? Yeah, Is go on then. Software and plugins. Studio 1.5. Studio 1.5. Studio 1.5. I love that program. What's that, Chicky? Absolutely love Well, Personas. yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's PreSonus makes it, um, I've, yeah, I've always been like a Ableton Pro Tools sort of guy and i about yeah. a year and a couple of months ago i started mixing because of a project i was doing with an artist in california i started mixing uh something on studio one it was studio one four something back then this year oh. studio one five came out and it's just it's so intuitive to mix on and just like the way you can do plugins with it is so like like say for instance uh you know, you have like one word you want to put an echo on, and maybe that's the only time that this echo even happens in the song. You know, you can just drag the plugin onto that specific audio file, and it only eats up memory, you know, CPU power for that one time. And it's you know, it's full. the The effect will be, it won't be like monoized or anything. It'll be exactly like you want it. Just like, just so easy. It's just everything is just so easy, and Melodyne is built into it, and it. You know, I, I think Melodyne wow. sounds sounds fantastic. The mix engine sounds great. Uh, it works really well with my fader port, which is something else I want to talk about. I, I love the fader port 16. It makes mixing a lot easier. A lot easier than mixing on a console, I can tell you. Because <laughs> at least it has really good recall. Um, the, that thing, not so much. I mean, the channel, each channel will sound completely different each day. But uh, but I I love Studio One. I love Studio One. It's so good. It's so good. The instruments in it are really good. I still like Ableton's instruments the most because of the way you can integrate Max with it. But good God, it's it it has complete. Like I've opened Pro Tools in the past year, uh, only like a handful of times, mostly to take old mixes and just put them into the Studio One. That's interesting. Oh, well, that's quite yeah. yeah. And, so they, and, I, and I love Pro Tools. I think Pro Tools is great, but this is just so much better for me. Mm. For me, I think I, so it's it's made a lot of people's top lists actually. A lot of kind of products. Uh, so BT, what 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 other kind of technology has really kind of uh, got you uh, excited over the last twelve months, or perhaps that that came out in in 2020 or, or product anything pick anything <laughs> uh, you know i mean there's a, a lot of stuff that that came out um over the last year that uh it has been blowing my mind i i, I just i want to kind of second some of the stuff that steve was saying about 
about RX. RX has been a part of my my work as a secondary audio editor and every DAW that I use. I'm this weirdo. People listening to this, certainly Chicky knows. I'm kind of DAW agnostic. I work in... Um, I have Cubase up right now with a big contact auto load kind of ancillary satellite computers running VE Pro and stuff, but I use Logic Audio and um, and Ableton as much. I'm really interested to hear what Chicky is talking about with Studio One, but um, RX, some of the magic that's happening behind the scenes there that to speak to what Steve was talking about so eloquently and it's uh I, I empathize with the like oh wait do i have to rework everything that i've ever done sort of uh thought <laughs> thread um but um it, it some of the magic that's happening behind the scenes there is all powered by artificial intelligence so um being able to follow those vets of instruments is something that is just beginning to open and become available to us now. And of course, it's going to become more and more sophisticated. So behind the scenes, putting my development hat on from a developer's perspective, I'm working on some things in that space that are so mind-blowing that um, I obviously can't talk about because they won't be out for quite some time. Um, but this is such an important space for us as musicians, as creators to be watching the um, the artificial intelligence, neural network space, because it's going to profoundly and deeply impact our work in the future, what means work on a lot of levels. And I can go into a big wormhole around this, but I'd say that anything related to recursive neural networks, um, you know, uh, convolution-based neural networks, all of the AI stuff is the most significant upcoming things in not just electronic music, in music in general, in creation of any artistic form in general. And so it's something that I'm both involved in and I'm hyper vigilantly watching. So just to put a bow on it, um, some of my favorite, uh, I'm going to just throw a couple things at you. RX-8 uh, is one of my favorites. Um, I'm biased. Stutter Edit 2 kind of changed my life. I had it before everyone. It's so exciting to see it out in the world and see people using it. Um, and just like a weird random one. I love audio things. Plug in wires. If you, Chicky's going to yes. love that if he doesn't have yes, it. Yes, I love um, it. I love it. I it, love it. It's the sickest <laughs> plugin. It's just one of these like $30, $40 plugins. It's emulating some like mangled Russian you know uh, oh, yeah, the 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 makes it. that's the Heinbach that's the Heinbach thing yeah, yeah. We, we covered that a while back oh my god it's good it's, it's so, so good cool. it's so good yeah. that's the <laughs> one yeah so, anyway that's a little that's a little list from me let me drop the uh, link do? in the show notes well it just processes it doesn't every, it, it it's, it's an old it's wire recorder work. from the Soviet era that, that just kind of limits the bandwidth, wobbles around. I mean, it's all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, it really Remember, is. we were talking about it partly because also I, I have a wire recorder. That's right. I say that. <laughs> so, so I actually have a You have a real a one, Chicky? I have a real one. A real one. And it has, it was made as a dictation machine originally. And it ha still has wow. a letter dictated on it from a priest in the 1950s to a friend of his who was stationed in Guam. It's like, oh my gosh, that's Joe. crazy. It's, yeah, <laughs> or it's things pretty, in Guam. <laughs> it's it's, it's really crazy. But the yeah, it, but it's the cassettes are like you know really big and metal, and the the, the wire is surprisingly not that flexible. But uh, mm. but it's in, stayed in great shape. It's not not rusty or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's a 
big heavy machine. It's more of a display thing right now in my house. Well, I've got. I want to wow. throw a couple, of, a couple of other things in there. Uh, Matt uh, Hodson, who's a regular on the show, he was uh, pu- he he was saying basically, uh, Bitwig, uh, the latest Bitwig with the uh, uh, the grid and uh, um, Bitwig version. Yeah, he said that's really changed because he works in that a lot and he does. He's done some great live tracks with that, and it's it's a, that's a really powerful piece. I think for me, uh, probably. Less so about music creation, but certainly for video editing, uh, there's something called DaVinci Resolve, which is a free video editor mm. that runs on Mac, PC, and Windows. Uh, it basically works free, but if you pay for it, which is not that expensive, like a couple of hundred bucks, 300 bucks, I think it is, and you get a lot of extra features. And now I, that's what I work in. You know, that's And it's made a huge difference to the way that we make and I make stuff. It feels much easier. And I was... I was you know, where I was before, I was using Sony Vegas and then Magic Vegas for, for years. I mean, like 15 years. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to change. It's I won't be fluent. But it's that's a really big one. And so if you're... And there's also stuff like uh, Streamlabs OBS, this sort of stuff that many musicians who need, now need to project themselves because they're not gigging, they kind of need to make, make uh, musical content, video content. That stuff is really powerful and really useful for things. So that, I just wanted to throw one in for wow. that. Uh, for, and it's Blackmagic designs davinci resolve is the thing to, to to be looking for if if you're if you need a like a cheap video editor free basically it just it just works or amazing cameras <laughs> or amazing cameras yeah, or any um, of that yeah, stuff yeah their, their cameras are great and they bought fairlight too a uh, little known fact they um, did yeah oh and the, they the bought fairlight and steve steve rance the original programmer uh of the fairlight actually works um writing software for um, for those folks, which is ah. really, really cool. So, well, I have to yeah. say the the audio so, engine, the just the sound of the EQs, the sound of the plugins, it's leagues above what was based what you might expect in a regular, you know, um, video editor. It, it, it sounds good. Wow. You know? It actually, mm-hmm. I, I've, I, you know, the stuff that I've been doing in in it since, you know, just the even just processing my voice is like I've got an EQ that my it just. It's like, yeah, it, it, the Fairlight engine is really cool, and the new version seventeen is. You could just—it's unlimited tracks, and you could bust everything into everything. It's—it's like DAW, but it's also a video editor as well. It's astonishing, actually. Uh, yeah. But it's not really a show about that, so I don't want to go on about it. Uh, also, big shout out for uh, Valhalla Supermassive, which was free. Obviously, that's oh, a yeah. big. That, oh that's yeah, a, that's a good that's one. A, that's a good one. That a good uh, one. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it for now. I know, Steve. There was uh, there were some other products that uh, that you had in there, which which kind of were a bit less. There was the uh, studio gear, the standing up desk. I thought was cool, and the QTech pat tester. You're going to have to explain. I, for those who don't know what a pat tester is, I'm going to see if I can. Fi- Here it is. This is a pat tester. Pat tester is essentially, I guess it's what it's a mains tester, isn't it? It checks that everything's all right. There's no earth leaks and stuff. Yeah, that, that's essentially it. It's not um, something that you uh, comes to the utility. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but it is useful. I mean, basically, um, there's a variety of things that I do when I'm let out of my house um, that were, you know, where I have to sort of check electrical equipment, and I just got really. Um, frustrated with paying electricians to come around to just check to make sure there wasn't a, a potential difference or a, a, a loose wire on a piece of equipment. So you'd get a quote from them and it would be like 300 quid to come and do 100 units, right? Which, which sounds like a, a big job, right? 
but then they would send over a 16-year-old with one of these handheld um, testers and basically just plug in a power supply for your Mac or whatever and um, and then charge you, you know, a pound a time. Thank you very much. I just thought, this looks really, you know, this is something I can do, right? Um, and so I looked into it, discovered, well, yeah, this is actually the case. And uh, so I have saved so far uh, just under £500 on a, by buying a unit and doing a little bit of training uh, in total that took me about three hours and cost about 300 quid. So my point is this. Um, you, you, if you're in a situation where you're getting a lot of equipment pat tested, like if you're running a studio, for example, um, there is scope here for doing it yourself. You've got to be careful. This isn't for everybody, and it's not something you can be blasé about. Um, but if you're interested in this sort of thing and you've got a spare couple of hundred quid, um, you might save yourself a lot of money over time. So mm. there you go. Well, I think that's probably wise words. I mean, I think that's the thing about lockdown as well. You start to kind of think, well, there's something I need doing, but I don't really want yeah. to, to, you know, every, all the all, most most of the tradesmen are busy because everybody's doing it. So, like, for instance, I built myself an outside building <laughs> with a roof and everything and a, and a wood-burning stove in it. And wow. it's like, I just looked at that and went, yeah, I could do that, and I did it. And it's like, well, I am quite yeah. practical. So it's, not, you. Yeah. it's not hard, <laughs> but it's... Good. It's just, you know, I wouldn't recommend it if you're just kind of kind of banging a few nails in. I mean, you need to, but all of that stuff, I think that's well, kind of a, a key if point. If I could just add something to that, Nick, the um, seeing as that at least the uh, those of us in the UK are going to be spending a lot of time indoors uh, for the foreseeable, one thing I would really recommend is getting one of these uh, units that you can plug into a main socket and it basically gives you a reading of the amount of power uh, and I'm gone. Oh. Oh, that's disappointing. That's what's known oh. as a tease. I should really go to an ad, but I haven't got one. So uh, <laughs> oh, no, he's back. He's back. We got I don't him. know what that is. Uh, yeah, you, you plug it into the wall and it gives you like a permanently on internet connection. No, no. Um, what it is, it gives you a reading of how much uh, power your whatever's plugged into this unit is taking it's off. Drawing, right. Oh, okay. And that's really oh, useful. Wow. Yeah, it's really useful to know because... Um, you know, obviously we're living in frugal times. We don't want to be wasting energy. And once you get a handle on what is actually drawing, what 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 items in your home are taking the power, you'd be kind of amazed and be a little bit more frugal. So, for example, this might not be a, a big surprise, but I have discovered that I can turn on my entire studio uh, and it takes about a tenth of the power of my tumble dryer. <laughs> so... Wow! Yeah. Will. This is this that is information that's worth having. Okay, I think that's a fair point. So, um, I, I get I, I I just can't see how we're going to get through all of this. There's just so much to go, and it's very fascinating. Um, I I wanted to have a mention of the synths for me. Uh, was the Dreadbox Typhon? I think that was a great synth for 2020, and also nice. I think the Roland MC707 should get a, a a little bit of a mention there as well because I think that was a great little unit yeah. as well, and really, I mean, almost brilliant, but just not quite. So I suppose you know maybe uh, maybe we can divert a little bit and think. So where where do we see things going in this year? You know, what sort of technology do you think is going to be coming through? I mean, I I think Korg has thrown down the gauntlet for the the FM synth. I wonder if that will now open up some other synthesis methods. Maybe they've got plans themselves because they're starting to, they're reapplying their brains to these these kind of hard to 
to, to program and hard to use technologies. I wonder if there's going to be stuff going on. I'll come to you first, BT, because I know you're, you've got your, you probably can't tell us anything because you're probably working on all of it. But where, where do you th see things going this year, do you think? I think that we're going to start some sorts of, um, sorts of synthesis that we don't have a kind of common vernacular for, like additive or FM or subtractive or wavetable types of synthesis. Um, there's so many things that kind of exist in, you know, the Urcam Stanford sort of academic community as precepts conceptually that are possible now, sort of like to get, you know, put a point on it, uh, you know, Curtis Rhodes's kind of actualization of Ian Zanakis's ideas around uh, granular synthesis. It's like Curtis came up with these crazy, or, or rather Ian Zanakis and, and these folks came up with these crazy ideas um, that weren't currently possible based on the available computing power at the time. And then somebody like Curtis Rhodes implemented it in Max MSP and made it. Now it's, we have, we all have granular synthesis on, I have amazing granular synthesis apps on my iPhone. So um, I think that there are some ideas that have been floating around in the academic communities sort of as ideas that are now actually possible and make sounds that we haven't heard before. So I'd be on the lookout for, I'd go so far as to say, I mean, personally, I'm actually involved directly in one project that is a type of synthesis that we, we literally don't even have a name for, honestly, because <laughs> wow. it's so new. Um, so I think we're gonna start seeing people explore outside of the box insofar as synthesis methodologies. And, you know, just kind of from a sound designer's perspective, that really excites me. Um, the idea of, you know, I've played the same 12 notes my whole life on um, uh, variations of the same instrument and to put your hands down on a keyboard and hear something come out of it that you've actually never heard before is a mind-blowing event, especially if you, your whole life is devoted to making crazy sounds. And so I've been having that experience repeatedly this year and um, or the last 10 months, I should say. And I think that I'm not the only person working on something like this. So I think that I think that you're going to start seeing a lot of new ideas in synthesis. The hydrosynth is a perfect example of that. Um, and it's so beautifully executed, like Chicky was saying. So that really excites me the the idea of making sounds we haven't heard before, but they're playable, they're performable, um, and they they make sense contextually in modern music. That's where it's at yeah. for me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. the more of that we can see, the better, you know? I think that's a very good shout. Actually, I wanted to put one one more shout in for, because if we're taking sort of analog design, uh, Pulsar 23, uh, which is the Vlad Kreimer, uh, um, oh gosh, what's the name? of Soma Synthesis. That is something very unique and not necessarily a new synthesis method, but a very new way of putting together analog circuitry into something that is completely 
compelling. That was a really, but he's a very, very unique individual. But I guess now, because we've got the, all this DSP power starting to get into the hands of people, we can do all this kind of stuff. And therefore, we're going to see <clears throat> sky's the limit. And it's just a question. So wouldn't it be cool to have a synthesis uh, technology named after yourself? What That would be cool. Are you gonna, yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna push for that, Brian? I think BT. I think you should definitely have a definitely, have a, definitely not. So far, all the whiteboard names are like fifteen words long, and I'm like, <laughs> this is so wanky. We we have to have like an actual name for this because it's just. You know, I mean, what you said too is so important, Nick. Is is you're going to see a lot of repurposing of ideas that we're comfortable with or ways that we know how to make sound, but they're actually doing something completely bespoke and novel, like a, a new version of an old thing. You're gonna yeah. start seeing, I think, a lot of that too. And again, the hydrosynth being a great example of it, but you're right, it's like, again, kind of from a de development perspective, I mean, we have so much computing power on a phone in our pocket. It's capable, I mean, my phone is more powerful than my studio computer was 10. Um, it is just, yeah. you know, a, a remarkable thing. And so we've gone from control rate to audio rate. And um, because we have the ability to query that much computationally, we have the CPU cycles to do it. And so we can make these things that sound closer to an analog against you want or closer to a vintage compressor line or something completely new so it's it's a pretty exciting time in computers and that makes it a really exciting time in synthesis yeah absolutely well actually uh, steve that that kind of ties into something that was on your list which was a kind of just random thing which was the apple m1 silicon i don't know mm. if you own any of that now and whether you're kind of enjoying the fruits of of what that offers but uh, i mean do you think that's going to change the trend have you got any predictions that maybe uh spin um, off from that Gosh, uh, I don't know. I, I do have a, I do have a, an M1 uh, Apple MacBook Air, and it's such a leap from the uh, the Intel MacBook Airs. It's just little things like uh, when you open up the, the the MacBook Air, it's instantly on. You know what I mean? It's like an iPad. That kind of thing. I think it's something that wow. we're going to get used to very quickly, and it's going to make older machines like the one I'm, you know, broadcasting on here, which is five years old. It's going to feel ridiculous. Uh, it's going to feel ridiculously slow. Um, I, I I don't really know where this is going to go in the sense that we, we know that the, um, that the MacBook Pros are going to get uh, faster, more powerful and all that kind of thing. I think we, we know that. But just building on what BT was saying and something that I've mentioned before and also on the Korg OP6, what I'd really like this year is I'd like to see a hardware keyboard that does physical modeling and updates it for the 21st century. I think last time or one of the times I was on before, I said, oh, nobody had done that. And I, I forgot the fact that I'd had a Korg prophecy for 10 years, <laughs> which did a version of that. And I felt like a bit of an idiot, but I'm over it now. The um, But that was a bit limited. It didn't do a lot of things very well. But just imagine if you could get an instrument that was like Native Instruments Prism, I think it's Prism, but you had hardware controls and it was set out in a lovely kind of logical way like the op6 in front of me here i think that would be that would be amazing that would really probably make my year quite frankly i don't know whether it's coming or not but um cork if you're listening uh, you can sell one to me 
That's good, uh, Charles. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to come to you, Charles. Um, uh, so, uh, anything? Uh, no, I'm just trying to see what was on your random list here. If there's anything in here that I can pluck from it, that uh, fader port, studio uh, utility. Oh yeah, your cassette looping thing, which we talked a little bit about at the beginning. Yeah, oh, I did notice there was the co another Corniff uh, amplified instrument processor. I wonder if we can break their website again. Uh, oh yeah, like we, we did find... a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah I yeah I um. In fact, I, I part of the technical issue I had when I was setting up, which caused me to be a little bit late, is I was I was having trouble getting audio rooted from the from the computer into into my ATEM here. But um, but yeah, I've got an instance of that up right now, and I I God, that thing is great. So it's got it's got like a tape, you know, obviously tape simulation, uh, valve simulation, and and uh, regular transistor simulation. Uh, but it's just it's just a really soggy in a good way compressor um, EQ. It's, it's a channel. It's a whole channel. It looks nice. And, I um, like the I like the renders of it. Very very very. Yeah, crazy. it's so pretty cool. cool how they do it. Um, and and you know those those two guys are really really lovely guys, and they they really care about what they're making. And it, and frankly, their stuff is it's cheap. It's very cheap. You know, I I they're. There are plugins that are not nearly as good that cost a lot more than that, that are quite popular. But yeah, this thing is great. I like I have it on um, on the drums for that uh, that track I sent you the other day, Nick. It's just ah, okay. You know, just and which that that drum track is like a it's a I used um, I think I used my drum brute for the kick, and then I used an old uh, Doctor Rhythm, the original Doctor Rhythm, for the, the rest nice. of the drums, and just smash it through that thing it sounds fantastic i love as, it a little as many things do i'm as many that's the yeah uh, well I mean, so what do you think in terms of trends i mean what would you like to see what do you think maybe is going to happen i mean i suspect there's going to be advances in real-time distance collaboration possibly and you know we're, we're going to see a lot more people performing over streams and whatnot because you know everybody's the the technology to allow that is happening it's affordable it's yeah. starting to get into the right sort of hands but aside from yeah. that maybe what 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 are you hoping for or what are you what are you seeing i'm hoping for our ability to get back to doing actual live music with an audience but yeah. you know i i have no control over that so you know it, it, it is what it is but um uh, but yeah like you were saying with the with the streaming thing i mean I, I told you plenty of times that's that's actually something that i'm in the process i mean i've got multiple cameras now and i'm actually setting up for that but right now i can't have anybody at my house <laughs> but i i do want to be able to do small socially distance enough sort of shows that are you know with with acts that I like working with, um, I've got I've got all the gear now. I've just gotta, gotta just get, the, wait yeah. for the, get the ventilation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, because because we're in a we're in a lockdown for what two months, something yeah, like that. Hell? It's gonna be a long. One. Um, yeah, it's until March. So two months. Yeah, yeah, oh two gosh. months. Um, well, yeah, so go, go, you know, I, sorry, carry on. You go, no, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say. Um, just going back to that idea of the physical modeling thing, wouldn't it be cool if we have something so you could link it to your phone so you could take a picture of an object and something would algorithmize that like a 3D scan and say, I wonder what it sounds like when you hit it. And then you go, well, this is what it'll sound like when you hit it with this. This is what it'll sound like if you run a bow across the rim. Bring that in and turn that into an oscillator for me. So you can have visual, you can see things and visually turn them into sound sources. 
There's a thought. Mm, wow. Can you can you work on that, please, uh, BT? That was that, that's something I think I I quite like to have. I, I might I'm niche. staying out of this part of the conversation. Make it so. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't know whether that means it's already underway or you must be joking. It's hard to know for sure. But I mean, I, I think uh, to sort of summarise, you know, we are. And we, we we say this every year, don't we? Or somebody does somewhere, you know, that the technology that is now available to us and the innovation that, you know, yes, the world situation is crummy, uh, but the, the fact that a lot of people are spending time with their own creative processes and their inquiring minds mean we are going to see a massive explosion of conceptual stuff coming through and people Absolutely. having time to view things from a slightly different perspective. We're going to... I'm... I'm fairly confident that this year if not this year then the next 18 months we're going to see some bizarre and amazing new things coming out inventions across the whole sphere of human endeavor that will create you know a better world for when we can finally inhabit it again well that sounded a bit like a speech but it wasn't supposed to be but i think i I strongly feel i strongly feel that that's going to be the case and I, i think that's a hopefully will be a positive um so yeah um but we're kind of, I think we're kind of, we're, we're at the end of our hour um, and it feels like we could we could have done this for hours and hours. And uh, BT, it's always good to have you on and, uh, and oh, please, do <laughs> please do come it's again. Please do come again. Back on a tour bus with you, BT. Ah, well, you guys, um, so you guys work together, of course. <laughs> yeah, we get to talk here so quite much. a lot. <laughs> uh, we talk about it all the time. We we actually got banned. Um, Nick and Steve, you'll, you'll like this. We... The, the girls on the bus, which was Howard's wife, Jan, and my wife, Lacey, um, were the only poor girl bus. And they banned us from talking about gear on, what was it, Saturdays we weren't allowed to talk about gear? It literally- <laughs> Or you had to, you was, had to do it in po- the front lounge. The front lounge of the bus, that was it. We would, we, Whereas the, the rest like of us would just all crowd in the back and go, okay, <laughs> talk about gear now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we literally you'd see people falling asleep with their heads on the side of the of the bus and like the last word out of their mouth was MIDI, right? And then they just <laughs> yeah. blacked out. So um yeah, I missed it a lot. It's great to see oh, you. Great to that see was you a great tour. So thanks for having me. Well, oh, thank goodness for Sonic Talk, okay? Because we can do it without uh, any kind of fear of retribution. Well, I mean, you get the comments, but you know, we can also <laughs> have that sort of thing. But you know, we, we can we can we can uh, enjoy a bit of uh, geeky tech talk, uh, and you know, and lovely to see you again, Steve. I know we've uh, we've not seen uh, many of you as much over the last year, but hopefully, we'll uh, now you've got a new camera, much much finer imagery. Looking, yeah, looking mighty fine. It seems to have um, it's picking up my fairy lights really well, and uh, but it's made me look a little bit like Lucifer, and not in a good way. <laughs> I'm not seeing that so much. I don't know. I'm not. We're not sure. catching I, is that is that? <laughs> I'm, I'm Where, thinking like the the classical rendition of Lucifer, as in like the devil with a red face, not uh, the brilliant what? television program which i've spent oh, the last two months <laughs> watching i'd like to look like that actually the problem is, is you've got a light from underneath which is always going to look like there's some sort of small fire from down below kind of you know so that's going to enhance <laughs> the situation a little bit all right so uh, bt i think your your task is probably you just need more bandwidth where you are in the middle of nowhere isn't there a new technology that's coming in that's like satellite uh there's there's new satellite technology isn't that what elon musk is doing to to be able to create mm-hmm. like high speed middle of nowhere kind of uh, super fast broadband 
Yeah, exactly. It's low-level satellites, and they've already deployed, I think, a couple thousand of them. And mm -hmm. it's going to, I mean, you know, we're lucky that we have internet at all here. Places that have zero internet, like parts of Africa and the Middle East, will have, uh, you know, high bandwidth or broadband, basically ripping fast internet all over the planet. Um, so, yeah, um, I <laughs> trust me, Nick, I literally, there's like, a every two months i call all the major providers and i ask <laughs> is it possible we're I, so so f this is for you know well all you guys are in england um think cornwall that's where we are so we're out in the middle of nowhere um and all we have is we have a we have direct line of sight internet which is called it's a guy named dennis that comes over with repelling gear and a grappling hook and a slingshot shoots it up the tree, climbs up the tree when things we get hit by lightning or attacked by killer hornets, both of which have happened to our internet here. So um, <laughs> we have no options. Thanks for reminding me. I talk about it in Therapy Weekly, Nick. Wow. <laughs> okay. That, that, that now, killer hornets. Uh, bears? Uh, is there anything? Any True bears? story. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's guy. awesome. True story. <laughs> What a great! Yeah. I I think we need to have that anecdote in full sometime. Um, that sounds like a, a great story. <laughs> Happy to tell it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a crazy oh, story. Brilliant. Oh, well, murder, um, murder folks, it's been a pleasure having you uh, as ever. And please do uh, remember, if you like what you see, subscribe, ring the bell. It means that you're going to get. Oh, we've got a lot of content coming for 2021. We've got even Nam, whatever that's going to be. We're not quite sure what that's going to be coming up in January. There'll be something. I mean, obviously, we're not going anywhere and we're not doing a super booth type thing. So we'll keep our eyes tuned. But there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. We've got a whole bunch of content. And if you want to support us, obviously, we've got our Patreon where we're putting extra content up there as well. But thank you, folks. It's been an absolute pleasure. Charles, it's been lovely to see you. I guess you're probably going to go back to Very mixing good. as uh, as is your want. Um, with I your favorite port 16, which was on your list and you didn't get a chance yes, to talk about it. But you did okay. a bit. It's OK. Yeah, um, it's great. I love it. And of course, uh, BT. I guess you're going to go. Are you, so, are you in the middle of projects at the moment? Are you kind of. Are you literally going to turn around uh, 180 degrees and carry on whatever it was you were doing, or have you got? A yeah, quite literally. I'm a Cubase auto load right there. I'm. I'm in, in the throes of. Uh, um, I'm in the throes of a three-year project um, for a game, and that's all. I'm like ninjas will jump out. I'm so NDA'd on this one, so that's all I can say about it. But it wraps 2020. 2022 so wow. we're recording orchestra this summer but um i've got i've got a bunch of music due right now so I'm straight back in it when wow when okay up. well I'm, yeah good luck with that and it's lovely to have you thank Cheers, you so man. much for joining us and of course also mr oh, steve hillier you. great to have you too uh demonic as you say you are i'm sure you could go away <laughs> maybe you could go away perform some magic on uh, on the situation and create some kind of better world in a slightly kind of uh, naughty way <laughs> well that's the idea that's that's my intention excellent well folks uh, i think that's it for this week I want to say thank you very much we'll wave off and we'll see you all uh, at the next show thanks very much for watching welcome to 2021 and may it long continue bye-bye now <laughs>